Hello, and thank you for joining me today for another episode of Bible Studies with Russ. This is Bible Study number 39. Uh, we are picking up today in Matthew chapter 26 and looking at verse uh, 14 and following. As I mentioned last time, uh, we have several weeks of Bible camp coming up, and so uh, in preparation for that, and during that time as well, these have been pre-recorded. They will be obviously shared here on the page on our facebook page and also on uh, youtube you can subscribe to that channel as well i'll be posting the link for that and then the audio version will be on our podcast channel as well which you can find uh by also very easily by visiting our website byboymedia.org you can find the list there as well so we're looking at matthew chapter 26 beginning at verse 14 and in this section i have the heading here the part Judas played in the plot to betray Jesus. Because I like the way specifically Brother Patterson words that heading. The plot that Judas plays, and the part rather that Judas plays in the plot to betray Jesus. Because there were multiple things taking place in order to have Jesus hand over to, uh, to essentially to the Jews and then to the courts. And so it wasn't merely just... Uh, Judas who did this, uh, Judas who, who was the only one who had a part in the betrayal of Christ and him going to to, uh, to judgment that is before the the leaders there, uh, but he, he did have a part in it, obviously. And this is also found in March 14, verses 10 and 11, and also Luke 22, uh, 3 through 6. Beginning here in Matthew 26, and verse 14, the Bible says, And one of the twelve, called Judas Iscariot, went to the chief priest and said, What are you willing to give me if I deliver him to you? And they counted out to him thirty pieces of silver. So from that time he saw opportunity to betray him. Now Luke's account here um, it mentions in, in Luke 22 and verse 5 and says, And they were glad when he, because uh, in verse, let's back up, Luke 22 verse 4 says, So, you, so he went his way, conferred, uh, with the chief priests and customs, how he might betray him to them, betraying Christ to to them. And they were glad and agreed to give him money. So he promised and sought opportunity to betray him to them in the absence of in the absence of the multitude. Now if you look at Luke's account, it's it's interesting how I think this is why people sometimes struggle with the concept of Judas being uh, you know, chosen. Um but if you look here in Luke chapter 22 and verse 1, the Bible says, Now the, now the feast of the unleavened bread drew near, which is called Passover, and the chief priests and scribes saw how they might kill him, for they feared the people. Uh, referring to Christ. Verse 3 here, Luke 22 says, And Satan entered Judas, surnamed Iscariot, who was numbered among the twelve. So he went his way and conferred the chief priest. So Luke's account actually concludes the idea here in Luke 22 and verse 3, how Satan entered Judas. Now, if we go back to Mark 14, we're going to come back to that in just a second. Mark 14, verses 10 and 11, um, says how uh, Judas went to one of the, Judas being one of the twelve, went to the chief priests to betray him to them. Mark 14, verse 10. Verse 11 says, when they heard it, they were glad and, and promised to give him, give him money. So he saw how he might conveniently betray him. That's Mark's account in Mark uh, 14 verse 10. Now, looking at verse 14, uh, one of the 12 here, if you go back to Mark, Matthew 26 verse 14, one of the 12, 
um, is Judas. Luke says, as said before, it says, said Satan entered him. This is, this is Satan, you might say, instigated what Judas was about to do by appealing to his greed. Um, the idea here that it's, it's like being tempted, uh, basically. That's that's the way I think about this. He was tempted by the money. We, we have seen already how Judas was the one who had the money box, right? You remember last, I believe it was last week. Um, yes, in fact, last week in verses 6 through 13, we talked about uh the woman who was who was uh, anointing Christ with the fragrant oil, and how I believe it was in John's account here in John twelve one through eight. Yes, it talks about how he had how Jesus had the money box and used to take money from it. Um, uh, there in John twelve or six, and so you keep that in mind. And you look at Luke twenty two and look at Luke twenty two and verse. Um, where was it? Verse three, talking about how Satan entered Judas. The idea really, the idea is not literally Satan. It's not like he was possessed, but his temptation is what is really the idea that's here. He was tempted by the money, because uh, you look in verse uh, five, and they were glad and agreed to give him money. You notice they didn't agree to give him like livestock or uh, maybe land or a home. It was money, uh, specifically money. You know. In many times in the Bible, certain agreements involved land. It involved livestock. Um, you know, remember when when Lot and his when uh, Lot and Abraham uh, went their separate ways, land was involved, right? You go this way, and as far as you can see, you know, will be yours. I'll go this way, as far as I can see, be yours, and we'll you know be separate. That type of thing. Um, land was involved. Uh, the 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 casting of lots and you know, the twelve tribes land was involved with Judas just money, just money, uh, and that's why it seems here that this it's more fitting that what fits the most here is that he is tempted, not literally that Satan entered him, but he was tempted uh, by this money. Now, and I always where did I put it? I have my interlinear. This is what happens when I, I get going here and I can think about something. And I wish I had it here next to me. I'll just pull out here the biggest one I have. If you don't have one of these, this is my interlinear. This is for the entire Bible, Old and New Testament. And this thing weighs about 10 pounds. You can see how thick it is. Um, I have one that's only the New Testament. In fact, here it is underneath something else. <laughs> uh... And let's look here at Luke chapter. I wanted to look here uh, how this is worded and in the original Greek. In Luke chapter, let's see, Luke 22 and verse, what did I say, verse 3 uh, here. Bear with me one second. I'll turn there very quickly here. Luke 22 and verse 3. In the original Greek, uh, it says here, And Satan entered into Judas. The one having the one having been called Iscariot, being of the being of the number, uh, being of the number of the twelve. Uh, it's interesting how the number of the twelve is referenced to uh, the apostles, or here will be the disciples, later will be the apostles. Uh, that's why um, when people talk about when we talk about the apostles and we talk about the twelve uh, people like that, especially in Acts two, that's when we know one of the reasons we know why. 
Uh, it's a reference to the apostles, not all those there in Acts chapter 2. When it talks about the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, it ref- references the apostles. Uh, here the 12 also referencing the apostles. But he is one of the uh, apostles. He was one of the disciples. He wasn't there in Acts 2. Obviously, he, we know he doesn't last that long, right? Um, he betrayed Christ. He's, he is one of the 12. But getting back here more what we're talking about here, he was, the Bible says in verse 3 of Luke chapter 22, that Satan entered him. Um, Satan knew where to push people, right? Uh, with the exception of Christ. You know, in Matthew chapter 4, when Satan tempts Christ, he really, you know, the obvious place to begin to push Christ would be with hunger and water, right? With food and water, right? Because he had been fasting, the Bible says, for 40 days and 40 nights. Um, so he went for the food. That didn't work. He went for the uh, you know, the lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and the pride of life there in, there in, in, in Matthew 24. None of it worked. With Judas, he went for the money, got him. The first time. He knew exactly where to go. And so we find out here in Luke chapter uh, 22, verse 3, it's the same idea. Uh, that Satan entered him, meaning that he, Satan tempted him. I think that would be a, a great way to look at that. Not a literal indwelling or being possessed by Satan. Um... Luke adds that he went also to the captains in Luke 22, verse 4. These are the chief men of the Sanhedrin and the guards and men in charge. Judas went to the chief priest, not the chief priest to Judas. Judas went to the chief priest, not the chief priest to Judas. We have people like Judas in the church today. Uh, but Patterson says, But I will never understand their motivation nor the satisfaction they seem to get out of tearing up the Lord's church. I mean, those who will intentionally do things to to disrupt things, to, to hurt the church in, in order to obtain some type of uh, gain. For Judas, it was wealth. For some today, it's getting someone out of the position of a, out of the position of a preacher, getting, or getting the elders uh, you know, disbanded, that type of thing, uh, dissolving the eldership, people who will turn and do those types of things. Uh, Judas was the one who was, you know, the, Judas betraying Christ was meant to destroy the disciples. It was meant to destroy Christ, too, but also to destroy the disciples and destroy that closeness they had, not just with one another. We know they had some issues among one another, but also uh, the closeness they had with Christ. Him being betrayed by Judas could have caused a whole lot more problems than what it did just among the disciples. Uh, that's why I say... It's interesting. We notice in Acts, after Acts chapter two, from Acts chapter two moving forward, you kind of find a different type of apostle or a different type of disciple. Uh, they become apostles when they're, you know, they become uh, apostles there in Acts two, um, but they be, become much more bold, especially Peter. But all of them became much more bold from Acts two moving forward. Um, but Christ being betrayed by one of his own. You would say about in the mind of those who want to do evil, you would think that that would cause a big shakeup. And it did for a time. They all would depart, right? But they also all would begin to come back, and things would slowly begin to move forward from there. Okay, looking at verse, uh, me, going back here to Matthew 26 and verse uh, 15. And and he said, What are you willing to give me if I deliver him to you? And they counted out to him 30 pieces of silver. Uh, 30 pieces of silver was the price of a slave. Usually a piece of silver uh, was a shekel, which was about 50 cents. Uh, that's putting in for our, you know, 
don't know if he's talking about their, if it's their time or our time. Uh, so in all reality, it really wasn't all that much. Do you remember what it, what it took for the people to, uh, what it took for Samson's wife to betray him, Delilah? And I don't have the verse here up before me. Um, let me see, I can't bring it up real quick. You remember she actually goes to the men and, or maybe it was the men go to her. I can't remember now off the top of my head. Uh, but several of the men, it took several men to bring a great deal of money to her for her to go to Samson and try to get him to, to reveal to her where his source of strength was. And the reason I bring that up is it probably is more likely that she got paid more money to betray Samson than Judas got paid to betray Christ. To put in that mindset, Samson brought in more money than Christ did. Uh, but I think really the idea, when I think about that, not so much that, but it didn't take a whole lot for for Judas to, be, to betray Christ. It didn't, 30, you know, 50 pieces, or was it 30 pieces of, of silver here? Let me bring this up again. Uh, yeah, 30 pieces of silver there in verse, verse 15. Um, and I don't have exactly here in Judges 13, and following what it took for Samson to be betrayed by Delilah, because that's basically what happened, was he was betrayed, right? Um, verse see, see, Judges 16, and moving forward, you have Samson and Delilah. Um, let's see here. One second. Well, I don't remember now exactly where it's at, but I'll look it up another time. But there in, in Judges chapter 16, and then that section was specifically with Samson and Delilah, there's a section there where the men agree to bring her money. Several men, not just one, multiple men. And so it's likely that she got paid more money to betray Samson than what Judas was willing to took to, to betray Christ. What I mean by that, he was a cheap sellout. Cheap sellout. Um... 50 pieces of silver, was it money? Yeah. Was it a lot? It doesn't really, I mean, it was the price of a slave here, which I don't want to say that it wasn't a lot, and then turn around and say it was the price of a slave, like a slave was cheap. But in this time period, slaves were were what they were. You know, slaves were sometimes um, traded like property, you know. Um Boy, we don't get that's a whole other thing to discuss another time. The that slave and, and slaves and those types of things that happened that took place during Old Testament time period and, and even in the time of the apostles as well. Uh, because slave doesn't always mean what we think about today. We when we think slave, we think about Civil War era type of slave, and that's not sort of what we're talking about here. Uh, anyway, the price of a slave uh, thirty pieces of silver. Usually, uh, usually a piece of silver was a shekel. Uh, Robertson says, uh, reckoning the Jerusalem shekel at 72 cents, the sum would have been $21.60. That is, I pay more for a tank of gas, especially today. <laughs> uh, he was a cheap, not only was he a sellout, he was a cheap sellout. Um, and people say, well, Judas was, you know, chosen by God long before. That's not really the case. I don't think you can make the case from Old Testament prophecy and and New Testament uh, passages prior to Judas becoming one of the twelve, that he was actually chosen by God. His character, his demeanor, and what was important to him, uh, that was what made Judas the prime suspect. 
you know, the other disciples, they had shortcomings as well, but Judas was greedy. Judas was covetous. Judas was a miser because we know that, remember, backing up previously to this, he was upset because the woman was anointing Christ with oil. He would rather go sell the money or go sell the, the, the oil that or that perfume and get the money for it and to... And, <laughs> And the idea was there to give it to the poor, which was really he'd give it to him and he'd give it to the poor would probably be his, his concept. Well, he used to take money in the box. So what was really taking place? He wanted her to sell it so he could have the money from it. He was a greedy guy. Now, we know there's other things that take place as we go through this. But Judas's demeanor, his attitude, his, his greediness, his covetousness, uh, him being a miser, not wanting to give any money out of that money box unless it went to him, uh, is why he was the one who fit perfectly to be the one who betrayed Christ for 50 pieces of silver. As with, or as Robertson says here, uh, the sum would be $21.60. Uh, today, probably, you know, honestly, probably less than that. Uh, whenever Robertson did that calculation, it probably could be less than that today. Uh, so you put it you put it this way: he he betrayed Christ for for what for less than what we pay for a tank of gas. Not only was he a sellout, he was a cheap one. Looking at verse sixteen, so from that time he sought opportunity to betray him. Uh, to betray him, you think about that word there. Uh, Strong says here that word betray to give into the hands of another, to give over into one's power. Deliver one to something to keep, use, take care of, manage, deliver one up to custody, to be judged, condemned, punished, scourged, tormented, put to death. Uh, That was the purpose of it, right? To deal up treacherously. To betray one, uh, to betray to to cause one to be taken, deliver one to be taught, uh, molded. Uh, Again, the idea there, and I like there's different ways to describe this in Strong's here, but I like the one he uses here uh, to deliver up treacherously. And that's what Judas was doing. He wanted to deliver him up to, treacherously. He wanted to give him up to have bad things happen to him so he could have the money. Um, he's, willing, he's willing for Christ to suffer so he could get 50 pieces of silver. All right. Now in verses 17 uh, through... Let's see here. Verse 30. I have the heading here of the institution of the Lord's Supper. Some Bible translations have Jesus celebrates Passover with his disciples. Uh, but for us today, we, we focus primarily on in this section about the institution of the Lord's Supper. Beginning in verse 17. Now the first day of the feast of the unleavened bread, the disciples came to Jesus saying to him, Where do you want us to prepare for you to eat the Passover? And he said, Go into the city to a certain man and say to him, The teacher says, My time is at hand. I will keep the Passover at your house with my disciples. So the disciples did as Jesus had directed them, and they prepared the Passover. Now, time and time, well, from time to time, I should say, you see little inklings of of God of Christ using His power in ways other than other than healing and 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 raising the dead. And here he used it in the sense that. You'll find a certain man. It doesn't even say who it was, right? Now, with Luke's account, Luke twenty-two seven through thirteen, um, go and pray the Passover for us. We need to see a, when you enter the city, a man will meet you carrying a pitcher of water. 
Follow him to the house which he enters. So Luke, Luke is is primary. Luke is usually known as one who's much more detailed in the accounts. Um, we all know that some include different things as well, which we'll talk about more when we finish Matthew. We're going to go back and take some time to look at things that are not recorded in Mark and Luke, so that we get the full picture. I try to do that as we go through here, but then I get going and I kind of forget to do that so we're going to go back and focus on that a little bit when we're through with Matthew to look at things that were not included uh, but in Luke's account Luke 22 7 through 13 uh, he says here he, he's repeating much of what Matthew says but then he says in verse 10 of Luke chapter 22 he said to them behold when you have entered the city a man, a man will meet you carrying a pitcher of water follow him to the house which he enters then you shall say to the master of the house, The teacher says to you, Where is the guest room where I may eat the Passover with my disciples? Then he will show you a large furnished upper room. There make ready. A large furnished upper room. <laughs> it's amazing that when Christ takes the time to do this, he doesn't just go half he doesn't go halfway. He he says, Look, you're gonna find you're gonna find a certain man, and here he says in Luke's account, he's gonna have a pitcher of water. There's there's the man you're looking for, right? Tell him, you know, master has, uh, uh, master ha- tell the master house, the teacher says to you, where is the guest room where I may eat the Passover with my disciples? And he will show you a large furnished upper room there, make ready. Um, so they went and found it just as he had said to them, and they prepared the Passover. That's Luke's account. Mark's account, um, let's see here. Mark's account also includes, in verse 13, going to the city, a man will meet you carrying a pitcher of water. So apparently it's only Matthew's account here that he just used the idea of a certain man. Well, the certain man was the one who's carrying a pitcher of water. Um, he'll show you a large upper room. Okay, so what's interesting here, we look at these first few verses. Um, first of all, Matthew's account doesn't, inclu- doesn't even include the, the large upper room, just Mark and Luke's. There are those today who would say and i don't hear this very often i've never heard it myself i've heard people i've heard other brothers talk about how some will say we have to meet in an upper room um that is not binding this is one of those situations that we know that other times individuals were having the lord's supper also as we look at the book of acts and doesn't mention anything about them being in the upper room in fact this is the only time we read about christ being in the upper room um, and I wanted to see here, Brother Patterson, now this, I only have his, his Matthew here before me, but, um, okay, so in verse 20, um, he sat down, let's see, he was in the upper room, he mentions this from Mark 14, 15, like 22, 22, um, again, there's there's nothing binding about this upper room. I remember I was traveling to another town for a, a preacher's meeting, and there was, I forget the exact name of it, but it's a domination, and in this title was the upper room. You know, the, maybe it may have just been called the upper room. It was some kind of domination. Um, now, I don't know anything about them, but there are some out there who believe that you have to have, when you, when you partake of the Lord's Supper, you have to do it in the, in the upper room. How is that always? First of all, think about this logically. What difference does that make? What difference does the floor of the building make? None. Um, you know, 
And I'm sure, I'm sure there's a lot of different arguments out there about it. I've never heard really any arguments about it. I've just hear people mention it from time to time. There are some out there who say that. I've never heard it. Um, but my my question is, how is that binding? He doesn't com- he doesn't command him to go to the upper room. You notice that and if you look at Luke's account. He uh, Christ doesn't command him to go to the upper room. He asked he the command is to go to to the man and find the man with a pitcher of water and tell him look now notice look at verse thirteen say to him where is the guest room where I may eat the Passover with my disciples then he will show you a large furnished upper room there there make ready the command isn't go find the upper room He'll, the command the what he says here is he will show you a large furnished upper room the command isn't go find a large upper room it's just that's what he's going to show you. Ask him where the guest where the guest room is. He knows specifically who this person is. Obviously, right? It's a man with a pitcher of water. Christ knows who he is before they ever send him to before they ever go to him. And it just so happens this guest room is an upper room. Um. Anyway, there are a few out there who believe such things, but you'll fall short of finding support for that from the Bible. Um. So. He sends them out there in verses seventeen uh, through nineteen. So the disciples is that Jesus had directed them, and they, and they prepared the Passover. Verse 19. Verse 20. When evening had come, he sat down with the twelve. Now as they were eating, he said, Surely I say to you, one of you will betray me. Verse 20 and 21. So it was it was the evening. This would be late in the afternoon on Thursday, uh, or from 6 p.m. On, on, on into the evening. This would have been the beginning of the Jewish Friday. Both Mark and Luke tell us this was in the upper room. He sat down means he reclined with the twelve. The sacrificial lamb of Passover had to be eaten entirely, as we also find this in Exodus 12, 4, Exodus 12 verse 4 and verse 43. Uh, the sacrificial lamb had to be, uh, the sacrificial lamb of Passover had to be eaten entirely. Um, it's one of those situations. The reasoning behind that, I honestly don't remember other than it's a command. Um, we can go back and look at that, but that's not our focus for today. Um, but there's 12 of them there. Right, twelve, the twelve, and then Christ, a sacrificial lamb being being completely eaten, they could probably do that, right? Um, anyway, that's not our focus. Looking at verse twenty-one, it's surely I see you. One of you will betray me. Verse twenty-one. And this is and now, this would have been quite a shock, probably, especially to everyone. It probably would have been a shock to everyone, but it probably would have really, it, could, it should have really rattled Judas because. Why would he say that unless he knows that? Well, why would you say that, right? It means he knows someone's going to betray him. If you're Judas, who as we already saw, right, from verses 14 through 16, he's going to, he agreed to betray Christ. He's just looking for the right time. And so he goes and he's going with them to, to hold the Passover or the, or the Feast of the Unleavened Bread, verse 17. Uh, as it's also called, he will keep the Passover, verse 18. And now you get there, you sit down, and verse 21 and you sit down with him. The first thing he says, according to Matthew's account, um, let's see here. Uh, Luke's account, that was not the first thing uh, he had said. In Luke's account, Luke uh, 22, 7, uh, Luke 22, verse 14, when they had come, when he, when he, when the hour had come, he sat down and, and the twelve apostles with him. Then he said to them, with fervent desire, I have desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I say to you, I will no longer eat of it until it's fulfilled in the kingdom of God. Then he took the cup and gave thanks. Um, so 
Luke's account does not include that. Mark's account, let's see here. Mark's account does, does include that. Uh, and so according to Matthew and Mark's account, the first thing Jesus does when, when, they, get, when they get to the upper room uh, is in verse 21. The first thing he says is, Surely he said to you, one of you will betray me. That's really the first thing he says. Okay, there's a little bit of shock there. And they were exceedingly sorrowful, and each of them began to say to him, Lord, is it I? So everybody's saying, nobody, the idea is that nobody knows who's going, who's a betrayer is, except one person, or well, two people, Christ and Judas, right? Lord, is it I? He answered and said, He who dipped his hand with me in the dish will betray me. He who dipped his hand. Now, dipped is what? That's past tense, right? Uh, since they have all eaten with him, um, uh, this heiress participle, as the person says by itself, would not identify Judas. The word the same is, is he that dippeth uh, is, is, is emphatic. Uh, literally, he that dips with him. Um, so the idea there is one of them is going to be the one who betrays him, right? He says, The Son of Man, verse 24, indeed goes just as is written of him. But woe to the man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It would have been good for that man if he had not been born. And Judas, who was betraying him, answered and said, Rabbi, is it I? And he said to him, You have said it. Uh, and so that's Judas asking, you know, am I, am I the ones that betray you? Judas, no. Well, according to verses 14 through 16, yeah. Uh, and so it would seem that Judas is asking the question to see, uh, if Christ knew <laughs> it was going to be him. You know, why would you ask that knowing you've already agreed to, agreed to betray him? Uh, and now Christ knew. You ask, and Christ says, yeah, it's you. Wow. Now, according to John 13, verse 31, Judas went out at this point, uh, apparently, according to John 13, verse 31. So uh, I've had people try to tell me that he wasn't, he didn't go out. He was actually still there. Um, however, it does not appear that way. If you look at... Let's see. Let's look at. Let's well. Let's go and look at John thirteen verse thirty one. And John thirteen. And this will be the last point we make before we stop this morning. And John thirteen verse thirty one. So, well, back at John thirteen verse thirty. He having received a piece of bread, he then went out immediately, and it was night. Um. Let's back up a little bit further. Back up to John 13, verse 21. Jesus, when he had said these things, he was troubled in the spirit and testified and said, Most assuredly, I say to you, one of you will betray me. Then the disciples looked at one another, perplexed about whom he spoke. Now there was laying on Jesus' bosom one of his disciples, whom Jesus loved. Simon Peter therefore motioned to him to ask him who it was, uh, who, who it was of whom he spoke. Then, looking back at Jesus' breast, he said to him, Lord, who is it? Jesus answered, It is he to whom I, have, I, I shall give a piece of bread when I have dipped it. See, John's account is a little bit different, right? And having dipped the bread, he gave it to Judas Iscariot, son of Simon. Well, according to John's account, it was literally the idea of dip, it's him. Now, after the piece of bread, Satan entered him. Then Jesus said to him, What you do, do quickly. But no one at the table knew for what reason he said this to him. For some thought, because Jesus had the money box, that Jesus said, said to him, buy those things we need for the feast, 
or that he should give something to the poor. And we see the piece of bread. He went. He then went out immediately. He then went out immediately, and it was night. So when he had gone out, Jesus said, "Jesus said, now the Son of Man is glorified, and God is glorified in Him." Um, it would appear that Judas left after Matthew chapter twenty-five and verse Matthew chapter twenty-six and verse twenty-five. Um, I don't know why you would call him out and then say he was still there, and th- and then and then uh, have and then have him leave, but yet he's still there for for the Lord's supper, for the institution of the Lord's supper. It doesn't seem that he was there for that part. Um, some say again. I've heard people say, "Well, he didn't go out till afterwards." But from John's account, it would seem he went out afterwards. Okay, we're gonna stop there this morning. I do thank you for being here with me this morning. Hope you enjoy this program. I know we went a little bit longer than 30 minutes. Um, I'm going to do my very best to also pre-record the next two uh, Bible studies, so those will be available as well. So I thank you for listening today. Hope you have enjoyed this study, and hope to see you again next time.